0: There has been an awakening. Have you felt it?
1: Hello there. This is where the fun begins. Is the way? Hello, and welcome back to the Pod Awakens. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and uh, joining me today for a very special appearance it is mr ken bishop how are you Ken? i'm
0: doing very well thanks thanks for asking jordan happy friday to you
1: yeah happy friday um yeah thank you for taking time out of your friday for this uh but we're going to be talking return of the jedi 40th anniversary and um i guess ken if you want to tell everyone at the top of the show as well as at the end of the show like kind of like your three podcasts you do where people can find them and and all that good stuff
0: yeah, sure thing. So the first podcast I'm involved in is called The Forces Behind Star Wars. And that's me and four friends. We call ourselves the Rad Batch. And we get together and record that podcast every, every month or so. The other one that we do, um, my friend Mike and John, is called The Inflatable Falcon. That flies every Wednesday night. You can find that one. We actually put that one live on YouTube Wednesday night, starting at around 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then the other show that I'm involved in that just launched this year, it's a solo show. It's called The Rambling Star Wars Fan. and It is exactly just that. It's me getting on the microphone and talking about whatever comes to my mind related to Star Wars. And I've just launched or just released uh, my sixth episode, and that was an interview with myself and two of my friends who were Mandalorian costumers.
1: Is it about Han Solo? You said it's a solo show. <laughs> well, I haven't done Han Solo yet, but
0: <laughs> I like where you went with that.
1: <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, so thank you, uh, Ken, for coming on here and uh, for reaching out because I'm really excited to be able to have someone to talk about this 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi I got my tickets to see it next Friday. Uh, so I'm very excited to see it. And uh, are you are you going with anyone to go see it yeah. again?
0: Actually, in fact, we're doing a live broadcast from a theater here in New Jersey called the Tilton uh, Square Theater or Town Square Theater. And so two members of the Rad Batch, Anthony and Dexter, hmm. will be broadcasting live from the theater probably around 7 to 9 p.m. And then we're going to sit in the theater from 9 p.m. or 9.45 to, to watch the return of the Jedi on the big screen as, as it should be watched.
1: Yeah. I'm really excited for that. I, I was saying, I think offline uh, before, but I had seen uh, during COVID empire strikes back on the big screen. It was a drive-in though, you know, cause theaters weren't open. So that was um, a way to kind of have like movie theater experience, but you know, safely in your car while you're <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. So that was cool and i you know that's my favorite star wars film and actually it changes all the time but i usually come back to empire a lot so like that i was when that was announced that they were playing it at my local drive-in i was like i have to go you know see this movie on a big screen because i was born in 91 so for me star wars started you know so much later in theaters uh, with phantom menace so uh it was it was great to see that uh a new hope has not been re-released anytime that i've been able to pay attention i guess so uh, i guess i'm going to see return the jedi and hope that a new hope comes out maybe for the 45th or no i guess it already been 45 i guess 50th anniversary yeah quite
0: possible or sometimes there's like this theater that we're going to on friday they sometimes will run the the older movies jaws not too long ago oh wow things like that. So. this this theater does the the current movies, and then occasionally we'll do some of the the classic ones. So, I
1: have to keep an eye out. I have to keep an eye out. Uh, so th- so that's really exciting. Um, so I guess th- just to kind of get to know our guest here, I have some questions prepared for you. Sure. Let's see what you got. Yeah, let's see what I got here. So I got favorite Star Wars movie. Ooh, that was a really tough one for
0: me to answer. And, you know, so you'd mentioned when you were born. So we are from different generations. I was born before Star Wars made it out onto the big screen. And so I've seen every movie, every TV show, animated live action, um, even the, the, the much debated holiday special, even though I don't remember <laughs> seeing it on television at the time. So for me to pick a favorite one, I, not only is it hard to do, I choose not to. In fact, I have this running joke with a lot of people that I know, and that I'm a, a card-carrying member of the I Love Star Wars fan club. And so <laughs> um, I don't pick a favorite. What I tend to do is see Star Wars as one big piece, one big story. And all of the pieces just fit together quite nicely, and they're constantly evolving and expanding. And so things that may be coming out now, connect the things that we've seen in the past, making those things in the past much more meaningful and much more um, deep than they were when they originally came out. So I I, I apologize for saying this, but I don't <laughs> think
1: Okay, okay. Well, how about this? Is there one that you tend to revisit more often? Um, a comfort film or anything like that? This may
0: sound a little wacky, but I really, really enjoy going back to the very first one, going back to Star mm-hmm. Wars, um, so our one show, "The Forces Behind Star Wars," it started off when we first launched it, usually called "Thank the Makers," and we'd spend a lot of time talking about the the producers and the costumers and the um, the technicians behind the scenes because we we believe there's a lot of magic that goes into these movies, and so to watch a New Hope in 2023 is quite remarkable and. Um, I can't help but watch it and think about all the people that were involved in making it. So if I did have to pick one that was that, that comfort, that, that that just put it on and, and enjoy it from beginning to end, absolutely positively, without question, without fail, yeah, it would be the, the, the 1977 Star
1: Wars. That's a good choice. Uh, you know, I th- this one will sound pretty crazy, I think, but there's, I guess from the time I grew up, just like if I'm going to... Like my favorite one like i said changes all the time like uh, empire strikes back is usually the one that wins out but uh one that i usually uh, constantly revisit all the time and uh i guess it's because i grew up with it was uh is phantom menace like i know that movie gets a lot of a lot of hate but you know what i can quote like almost that entire movie <laughs> That it just puts a smile on my face, you know, and uh seeing young Obi-Wan with Qui-Gon, like that's one that I love to. Just sit and, you know, take in, I can usually enjoy that one a, a good bit, though. You know, I know everyone really likes the pod race. I'm not I'm not a big pod racer, so that's probably my least favorite part of the movie. Really? I'm surprised yeah. by that. Yeah. So
0: I'm going to ask you a potentially um, debatable, not debatable question, but. One that might get you a little riled up. What, what's your take on Jar Jar Binks?
1: I mean, Jar Jar's fine. Yeah. I, I don't like, I never got the hate uh, of Jar Jar. Um, there's some of those, I don't know, same jokes that Jar Jar makes in the originals. Now they're played a little differently. I don't know. I guess there's some more openly toilet humor with Jar Jar. <laughs> I guess, and I'm not a big toilet humor guy, so that was like at times he'll annoy me with that. But you know, uh, he's uh, I, he's meant for the kids, right? Like I just feel like that. I remember my my cousins watching the the episode one all the time at their house, and they loved Jar Jar, and they were like three years old, you know. And that's really who he's meant for is like the three to six year olds that will just absolutely have a blast with this guy who gets his tongue numbed by a pod (laughs) racing engine, you know?
0: Well, and you could, you could literally and figuratively make the connections from a Phantom Menace to Return of the Jedi and how Jar Jar connects it all. So, you know, how he
1: causes a lot of the issues with with the vote. (laughs) Causes the
0: issues with the vote, you know, got people connected that may not have been connected before. Um, And one of the things that, George had said, I can't remember. I think it was during the, the, the movie, the beginnings, the documentary <laughs> on the Phantom the key Menace, of all this, he's right? the key of all this. <laughs> I mean, he was, he actually, the, the, the running joke for the, the second movie was going to be Jar Jar's big adventure. You know, so Jar, <laughs> George and the, and the, and the team really put a lot into Jar Jar. And I, I, I think Jar Jar is fantastic. In fact, I don't know if you can see it well, but I have a, I have a whole bunch of Jar Jar toys up on the, up on the shelf there.
1: Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) So is that a puzzle too of the, is that a puzzle or a painting of the uh, painting that my, uh,
0: that my niece made for me?
1: Oh, that's really good.
0: Yeah. So uh, I'm not only do I enjoy watching the movies, but I love filling my house with all sorts of different, uh, Star Wars related collectibles.
1: Yeah. Well, that's part of, that's part of the Star Wars fandom, right? (laughs) Um, so I guess if, if you don't have a lot of favorites of stuff, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask some of these things. Maybe what character do you identify with the most out of um, any of the films or shows?
0: So with that, I got three answers for you. So the first one would be Luke Skywalker. Um, see, I grew up in this small town in upstate New York that I wasn't necessarily a fan of. And so I always, not always, but as a kid, wanted to get away wanted to go somewhere else wanted to do something new so much like luke look into the horizon that's that's what i spent a lot of my 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 childhood doing thinking about where i'm going to go what i'm going to do that's not here um also as a kid i thought that i was actually named after obi-wan kenobi and and let me let me explain the story so a lot of times as a kid they would say your first name and um, your your last name, you know, when they were doing like attendance and, and stuff. And my nickname as a kid was sometimes Kenny. Sometimes, you know, people would call me Kenny. So they would say Kenny B instead of my my last name. And when I was a kid, I thought they were saying Kenobi, you know, so, you know, Kenny B. So I thought it was Kenobi. And then most recently, the, the character that I found myself really fascinated by was um, Sabine Wren. Okay. You know, she 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 left home and did a whole lot of things because of the things that were going on in her life. And having experienced some of that in in my own life, I can I can make the connections between that kind of mentality that would lead you to do something like that, because I I did it myself. So those three characters, I uh, have a special place in my heart.
1: How excited are you to see Sabine Wren in live action oh. in a couple months? Here,
0: yeah, that's going to be fantastic, <laughs> and and not only just seeing them, but everyone that's going to be you know yeah. be involved with Sabine. I mean, we're going yeah, back the whole to the Rebel's fall, crew. Where, yeah, yeah. The, well, you know, minus Kanan, but
1: yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah, his his uh, can't really bring him back, I guess. Unless uh, we do flashbacks, uh, they could do like maybe could he be a force ghost?
0: maybe i mean anakin skywalker was able to be a force no,
1: without so. reverber training yeah, yeah yeah so we can be a, he can be one he can just get freddie prince jr come on set
0: because we heard him in the, in the rise of skywalker i thought we had heard yes Kane.
1: yeah yeah he's one of the voices yeah so there's hope there all How right about you, which, you... which character oh. do you find yourself uh what identify do with? i identify with that's a good question my favorite character has always been obi-wan um and again i guess that's part of the prequel kid in me like growing up in that time he was like the main character right i mean anakin is i guess but obi-wan was you know in phantom menace was young he was um he had a blue lightsaber as my favorite color so i was very excited about that and uh i think i i think i do identify with obi-wan in the sense of trying to do the right thing right he tries to toe that line probably to the detriment of, of himself and Anakin at times of, of being supportive of Anakin, but also wanting to obey the council and, and kind of honor Qui-Gon in that sense of I'm doing what you want it to do by training this boy when he didn't really agree in training the boy before Qui-Gon passed. It's almost like he takes it on, you know, kind of reluctantly, which I feel like is a very noble, uh, noble cause and then him kind of getting wrapped up and feeling that brotherly love with anakin where you know maybe you let things slide because he's your brother and you know and you're, you're trying to do what's best for him and then you accidentally maybe steer him down uh the wrong path and uh not that i've steered anybody down a wrong (laughs) path but (laughs) yeah where's this turning right but no i just think that like you know trying to do what's right i feel like i'm a very my wife calls me a goody two-shoe you know um always trying to obey the rules even if i don't agree with some of the rules right like that's kind of how i felt like obi-wan feels in like the prequels he's trying to obey the council But he's also trying to do what he thinks is right, and it's creating some muddy waters.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can see how that can be quite challenging. Yes, to your point, too, of not necessarily wanting to do it, but choosing to do it because he'd given his word that he would.
1: Yes. Not fully
0: understanding what that really, really meant.
1: Sticking with your word, yeah. Now, do you put shopping carts
0: in those corrals when you're done using them, or do you let them fly around the parking lot?
1: I put them back in the corral. Yeah. All right. You goody two shoes. I used to work at a grocery store, and it would always drive me nuts when people didn't. So I was, I uh, I'll even return some that are not mine. That's how much of a goody two I guess I am. <laughs> um, you know, like never, never drank alcohol underneath twenty one. I still don't even drink alcohol really, but never smoked a cigarette. None of that stuff. I've been a, you know, by the book type of kid. Um. <laughs> how about have you have you played any of the games i guess Where is there a time where you like are you like i don't know how like how much you play games or anything like that but just like uh do, do you still find time to be like oh this is canon i gotta go out and get jedi survivor or like <laughs> how what do you do with when it comes to like the games and such so i have played
0: some of them i've played you know some of the knights of the old republic the um I played both of the oh, actually all three of The Battlefront games. It's funny that you mentioned the Jedi Survivor because in our house, we we tend to delay getting the latest uh, game console. Right. And so, unfortunately, when we found out that Jedi Survivor was coming out and was only going to be available on the newest console, we traded in the old one to get the new one. So, so, so I am getting Jedi Survivor on PS5. Um, Nice. And then I've played some of the other, the other silly games and this, this is, you know it's it's games/collectibles do you remember angry birds
1: yeah yeah so
0: they had the the play sets with the star wars angry birds so we yeah. went out because my i have two stepsons and they're 21 and 18 so when they were younger we would get the angry bird play sets and set them up in the in the on the on the dining room table and play Ang- so angry birds star wars so we've done the the physical games the video games um didn't get as much into the Knights of the Old Republic as some folks did, but I did play it from, from time to time. And how about you?
1: Yeah, well, this might not shock you. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic is my favorite of the bunch. Um, I'm playing it right now I on uh, my Nintendo Switch because they re-released it. So uh, I didn't have an Xbox growing up. I had a PlayStation 2, and then I got an Xbox 360. And uh, when I got the Xbox 360, I bought Knights of the Old Republic and then um, my Xbox 360 got the red ring of death. So it died. And uh, then I didn't have another Xbox system. So about 2015, I bought Night's of the Republic on steam for my computer. And then I lost my save on my laptop cause my laptop <laughs> crapped out. So now I have it on steam as well on this computer. I have it on my switch and I had it on my phone as well. So I have it like three places. Oh my goodness. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been like recording my my I went I went live a few times playing it and had some people comment, you know, like how much they loved the how much they love the game and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, really into Night's of the Republic number one. And then um, I haven't played the second one. I do own it, but I, I really want to, like, get through. I'm doing a full dark side playthrough of the first one, but a game that really stuck out to me that I never owned, but it would always play at my two friends houses. Cause they had an Xbox. It was Xbox exclusive. It was called Obi-Wan and it took oh. place during uh phantom menace. And they had this cool, like co-op mode where you could like battle each other in this Jedi arena. And you could have Mace Windu who had a blue lightsaber, I believe. Cause we didn't see it, it you know, it was made by the time of episode one. So he didn't, he never showed his lightsaber color. Uh, so I think he had a blue one. I think Kiadi Mundi was in it as a, jedi you could play as it was a really fun game but i never never got to own it i
0: wish they would where they would figure out a way of releasing those for the for the newer platforms and stuff
1: they've been pretty good at doing some of those but yeah that is one that hasn't like i think like the jedi knight jedi academy ones are now on like switch and playstation 4 that you can buy like a cheap not like a remade but just like a you know they ported over the old game and i think there's rumors of um a remaster or something for the pod racing game.
0: Yeah, that that's already out I think cuz I we have that one I believe that. There was some games that came with the PlayStation 4.
1: Mm. One
0: of them was um like Bounty Hunter, it was a jungle yeah, yeah, game. Yeah. There was a the pod racer game. And then another one that I can't remember, but there was also a video game that I remember playing, but not that often. Was it was almost like Mortal Kombat, except it was Star Wars.
1: Oh, interesting! You know,
0: so there was that one. I'm, I'm really sad that they haven't released that um, Star Wars Hunters game. That was supposed oh, to yeah. that was supposed to come out like two years ago. Then it got pushed back, got pushed back, and then just kind of fell off the the, the radar. And had, I haven't heard anything about it since.
1: That's right um well so another one i used to play on ps1 was the old phantom menace game that one that one was cool and of course lego star wars and oh,
0: i forgot about those
1: yeah that those were great jedi power battles was another ps1 game i had that also has mace with a blue lightsaber but yeah so th- those were like the ones that really stuck out and then
0: how old republic commandos did you ever play that one
1: i did not but i do have um yeah i did have the battlefront games those were great And am I missing any off the top of my head? Oh, Force Unleashed was cool.
0: Oh, yeah. One and two. Yes. And we can't forget that it was voiced by Sam Witwer.
1: Yes. I love Sam Witwer, too. So that was great. Yeah. So that's like there's so many good games, really, when it comes to Star Wars. That's one of the positives. Um, And then Fallen Order, of course, was was really great. And I pre-ordered. I pre-ordered um, Jedi Survivor so I could get the Obi-Wan outfits and s- skin that they're doing or whatever with the weapons. And I got the deluxe edition, so I have the Han Solo and uh, Luke Skywalker accessories. Um, and then I also play the Galaxy of Heroes on my phone. Oh, I haven't played that in probably two years.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's re- I apologize for interrupting, but it's... So every minute, is like, oh, I did that one, and I did that one, I forgot about this. Know not to mention they had the the West End games which were a lot like D and D so you could play
1: you know oh, Star yeah. Wars role
0: playing and, and stuff I, so we, I remember as as a kid um, playing that sometimes not as often as Dungeons and Dragons but playing that sometimes and at the very least looking through all the books because they would show you different weapons and different spaceships and you know different aliens right. and stuff so in the dark times before before they had the the, the prequel movies and stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. So kind of moving to that, like were you ever reading any of like the old expanded universe uh, to get your fix at times? Oh my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know that was, you know, kind of at a time where people kind of talk about like the Thrawn trilogy and and the rest of it kind of like, you know, the reason they they became like New York times bestsellers and people were kind of talking about star Wars again, even though it was just books, but um, I guess kind of like just, any good books that you can think of, or
0: well, there was a trilogy that was fo- that focused on on Boba Fett. I remember reading that.
1: I'm um, definitely um, read,
0: you know, heir to the empire. I, um, what were some of the other ones? This year, this Christmas was special because, you know, my my stepsons were trying to figure out what to get me, and the oldest one decided, you know what, I'm just going to go on eBay and get some of those <laughs> novels. So he ended up buying me like a. a a lot of like five or six novels that uh, um i have have put in in the lower parts of our bookshelf um but yeah I've, I've read probably if i had to guess a number and unfortunately i haven't committed all the titles to memory i probably <laughs> read two dozen of them or so
1: nice um
0: including some of the ones like uh, uh the ones about han solo and, and things like that and i do find it interesting that uh that folks will will get all frustrated and flustered when Disney made them quote-unquote legends, it, the, the, the books themselves are still good. The characters, exactly. the story, you can still enjoy them. It doesn't mean that Disney says stop enjoying them. You can No, they them. keep
1: reprinting them.
0: <laughs> yes. They want you to buy them. Yes, sir, that is for sure.
1: <laughs> and it worked because I, I bought Air to the Empire. So I have, I have that. I'm going to read that um i hadn't read that before but i used to buy you know they might still be at my parents house i i at one point was telling my mom to like get rid of them because they weren't canon anymore but i think they're still there i have like a whole bunch of like the clone wars novels like shatterpoint and uh uh, that one i did read but i used to like buy all these and then i would (laughs) never read them (laughs) which i feel bad about yeah there was
0: one series it was about the sith And I think it might've been like five or six hardcovers. And I did exactly what you did snatched them all up and then they sat on the shelf and I never, I never, never got the the chance to read them. Cause recently what I've been doing is spending a lot of time reading the behind the scenes books, the, the Mm -hmm. art of the visual dictionary, the making of. Um, So that's, what's been filling up my shelves most recently, those kind of books.
1: Also like buying those uh, ones by Pablo Hidalgo, the um like the the ones that they made for each movie. You know, like the visual guide. Yep. I like reading those too.
0: Yeah, as a costumer, I love those because you can <laughs> you know you can look at that for hours and and try to figure out yeah, how, yeah. Get, how am I going to make that vest or how am I going to make this uh, this blaster or whatever.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right, I guess we can kind of jump into Return of the Jedi. I think our listeners now know a lot about your likes and dislikes um which are very few so let's go (laughs) ahead and jump into return of the Jedi. do you remember like the first time you watched it and kind of like what was your vibe because at the time it was the end right like this was the end yeah it
0: was the end and i I, it may have been one of the few movies that i went to um as as at that age because i was let's see like eight one of the other cool things i not just about the movie itself but for that year for my birthday i remember getting an r2d2 birthday cake you know and my 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 aunts and my grandmother had the the wilton cake pans and they they paint they decorated it with frosting blue and white and, and, and things like that um and i just absolutely remember 100 percent loving the ewoks i thought the ewoks were the were the coolest things i mean you got these these teddy bears that that not only are cute but also could 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 beat up stormtroopers. I mean, what's not to love about that?
1: You know, I that it reminds me. Have you ever seen How I Met Your Mother?
0: Not the whole series. No, so
1: there there is a line in there uh, where they because they always talk about Star Wars a lot. But um, there's a whole plot in an episode about like the Ewok line or whatever, where it's like if you're born at a certain point, you like Ewoks. If you were at a certain point, you disliked Ewoks. And they were like. You know, kinda of going off that. But um yeah, I always liked Ewoks as, as a kid. So that was you know, a plus for me. For me, like the first time I watched this, I can't even remember like when it was because my mom was a my mom was a fan. My dad had never watched these. Um he's, he watched them before Force Awakens though, because he did like what he saw from trailers of Force Awakens. Okay. So he's like, you know, my nephews were talking about it, so to bond with them, he was like, Let's let's sit down and watch these. Um, he likes the prequels a lot, by the way. Uh, as adult, <laughs> a lot of action. Wow. Yeah, as a lot of action. He likes that. Um, so, he, so he was never really into it. So it was always my mom. So it was like something I bonded with my mom. We went to, um, I didn't see Phantom Menace in theaters, but once it came out and like all these kids at school were talking about it, I was able to get it from the library, you know, back when that was like, you know, blockbuster and that was like your only options, you know, there was no, no streaming or anything. No red. So yeah, no red box, like, uh, and no Disney plus like five weeks after it hits theaters. It's, it's like, so we had to get the, I think the VHS or we may have rented the DVD, but I watched it a lot, like during that week that I had it or however long I had it checked out for. And then um, we eventually bought it, on blu-ray, I mean on DVD. Jesus, sorry. <laughs> Not blu-ray. I have it on blu-ray now. But uh had it on DVD and then I had for some reason just like this old copy pre-special edition of Return of the Jedi that was in like one of those case, like hard cases almost as if it was from like a blockbuster or library. Like I don't like understand like a brown why. case or something like that or kind of it still had like the actual poster in it and stuff okay. but i think it may have been one that they probably had at a video store um my, my grandfather actually had a video store around the corner we used to walk from his house to the video store and rent like power rangers and stuff so i'm I, what i'm thinking is i probably got it from like them selling it like okay. there you know because i think it had like a price sticker or something on it but i i got it And that was like the only movie I had. We didn't have a new hope. We didn't have Empire Strikes Back. So for me, a lot of times Star Wars started as like just Return of the Jedi, you know, unless if it was on TV or something, I guess is how I would have absorbed a new hope and Empire because I still knew like of those movies. So I'm not really sure how it happened that I only owned one but like anytime i wanted to watch it it was like i had to choose between return of the jedi or phantom menace so i started watching return of jedi i had like these uh c3po r2 and Wicket toys from um star tours from disney world because we used to go to disney world all the time oh, and cool. they had like these just like you know small little figures that i used to Um, buy of Disney characters and play in my hotel room and they had just 3PO, R2, and Wicket and they were kind of cartoonized a bit. But um, yeah, so like I was playing with those while watching, I remember that. And then eventually finally getting the rest of them on the special edition VHS and then eventually upgrading that to to the DVDs. But yeah, so I guess Return of the Jedi has like a soft spot for me because it was like, if I wanted to watch a Star Wars movie in the span of like two to three years, it was, I only had the two options and it was return of the Jedi. So the very end or the very beginning of the whole saga is like all I had.
0: That's awesome. I can remember having, I didn't have a lot of the toys, but I had a bunch of them. I remember the Ewok village and the, the 1st ATST. you know, I wasn't lucky enough to get like the Millennium Falcon or the ATAT or anything like that. But I remember the, the version of the ATSD I had. There was a button on the back that if you held it up and pushed the button up and down, that it would make the legs move. You know, so, so I remember having that and then just taking them out into the yard and, you know, mixing them with G.I. Joe action figures and building forts and, and figuring out ways to, to tell all these wild, wild stories with these toys. And I think for me, that's one of the things that has helped keep or helped back then keep the movies alive because like Mm -hmm. you I didn't they didn't have access to them all of the time but I remember playing with the toys and and coming up with these these crazy adventures and sometimes it would be you know linked to the movie that I watched or it would be something completely different and nonsensical and it was still you know still Star Wars
1: yeah I always used to play with like my Star Wars figures that like the Kind of like on the steps. I know it's not like the safest spot, but what I would do is like I would probably like play with them on the top of the steps, and then I would have like my knees on like three steps down, so that way I'm like level with the. Oh yeah, because you want to be the right landing. there in the action. Yeah, I'm like you know playing with them like that, and um you know I eventually got some from like I got this Darth Maul at, at a at a flea market. I remember it was around the time of Phantom Menace, so probably like early two thousand, like. You know, after the movie had already come out and I'd seen it on VHS, but before we get close to Attack of the Clones marketing, right? So I had, you know, like walking in this flea market by my grandfather's house, they had comics of all these stuff, but they also had like this whole little shop that was just toys, and it was all of them were like Phantom Menace toys. And I remember getting like I got Qui-Gon, I got um Young Obi-Wan, where he has got like the button in the back of him, and he's got <laughs> you know, his lightsaber above his head the action motion. Yes. And then it was the Darth mall, which also had the button and he would just kind of like move his arms <laughs> like that. But, uh, those were what I played with. And, um, actually I was at a wedding in 2019 in like, um, Pittsburgh area. And there was like this, this, uh, shop in a mall that, and like my wife was actually in the wedding. I wasn't. So I had a lot more downtime than she did and i was just like looking up collectible places you know and i get to this place and they had a whole bunch of unopened like attack of the clones phantom menace revenge of the sith toys that they were selling and i like a treasure st- chest i know i so badly want to buy some but i <laughs> couldn't swing it uh, some of them were expensive some of them weren't and then also at my local comic shop sometimes they have like um attack of the clones Sets and, and I think some of my toys got thrown away. They were at my grandmother's house, and I think she may have tossed them. Yeah, That's I know out, that, that
0: asking me. Yeah, mine were absolutely <laughs> one million percent thrown away. And I, you know, met, you know, you mentioned comic books. I forgot to mention I, I you know, have a boatload of those, both from yeah. the, the early years, Marvel, the, um, the Dark Horse comics, and some of the newer ones. But at some point, probably within the last two years or so, I said, you know what, I can't keep up. oh it's tough i can't keep up with the a keeping up with all the storylines and b can't keep up with buying all of the things so
1: well yeah they're about 15 to 20 bucks a trade right and then that's like seven issues yep and then you have to well each one of those is like seven months later that you're buying another one and then there's the different runs that they have of here's darth vader here's the star wars run here's um, or you know, if you're eight, like me
0: occasionally yeah. wants to go out and get the, the variant cover. So it'll be the same oh, story yeah. that has this cover versus that cover. So you end up getting two of this and the, 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 the second variant might be like $20 for the one issue. But yeah, so.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, I just started collecting comics like recently. Um, I haven't gotten any star Wars ones that are, I have like some of the trades, but I don't have any of the, like single issues, but I've been like subscribed to a lot of DC and Marvel ones recently Okay, that I did get a variance of like the death of the justice league. But I got that. I got that cheap Uh on Amazon, on eBay, but yeah, so I, I, that's like one of the ones I bought two times. I try to stay away from that, <laughs> try to stay away from the variant covers, but mostly I've been trying to read them, catch up on the like Marvel unlimited app. That's a good way to keep up with stuff or also if people want to do it for free and they have a library card I, def- I i recommend hoopla is an app that you can download and you like link it to your library card and uh it's like a lo- it's like a digital library and you're able to rent out a copy of like the digital comic for a week or a month or really? whatever and then it returns it automatically or whatever yeah That's it's pretty really great
0: cool. i got to check into
1: that yeah that's how I was reading some before I eventually upgraded to having a subscription. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's another good way to do it.
0: Yeah. My problem was with, with subscriptions. I, I, I start it, forget about it. And then, yeah, then you're like, still
1: paying for you're it. Still
0: paying for it. Even though, and the other part too, for me or for us rather, we only have so much room. Yeah. You know, so we have to make that decision of, do I get this thing? And if I get this thing, what do I have to, to make, how do I move this stuff around to make room for said thing? I think I have maybe nine or 10 long boxes of comics that are stacked up in various places and, you know, not counting the bookshelves and not counting the, the 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 action figures and the, the and the costumes and all that kind of stuff. So it just adds up and adds up and adds up before you know it. I'm like schmaug over my my mound of gold, <laughs> my Star Wars you no know, treasures.
1: I've only filled up two long boxes right now, so I feel okay.
0: <laughs> That's where it starts, my friend. Yeah, I That's know where it starts.
1: <laughs> I, I think I will eventually drop it down even more, but right now I'm getting. Like uh, I almost have like every single like Superman run that's going out right now, but um, y- yeah. So that's something I'm I'm currently dealing with. But also, we live in a townhouse, so it's also like we really don't have space. <laughs> I have so much Star Wars stuff that I can't even like put out and like display. Like I have um, this uh, at Star Wars celebrate uh, not celebration at Star Wars weekends. They did this thing where you they take a picture of your face and they can put it on like uh, a statue of a Jedi. So I have that.
0: There you go. I have my face on Han Solo and Carbonite.
1: Yeah, so Um, I I paid like a hundred some bucks for this thing. And I can't even put it anywhere because I don't have room.
0: See, that's something I'm very, very surprised that they haven't figured out a way of making a shop in Batuu.
1: Yeah. Because you could
0: go in, scan yourself, just like they did at Star Wars Weekends. And you don't have to take really. it home with you today. You have it shipped to your house like they used to do in the in the olden days. I mean, they have the the Hasbro thing where you can get a, an action figure made of you. But I'm surprised that 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 Disney doesn't have a, a scanning booth somewhere tucked yeah. into the corner of of Batuu, Um, so that you could do that on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it's one of those things where they think it breaks immersion, right, of the story. Well, it could be
0: outside of it. Could be right outside of Batu.
1: Oh, true. Yeah, it could be or even T- behind T- a screen, like you go at, in at Star Tours. They have the like the thing where they put your face on a you know body of Anakin or whatever. Yep. <laughs> they could totally just so do that. And there's
0: ways, And this is where I think it's funny where they where, where some folks say, like, "Oh, Disney's over monetizing Star Wars," and we just came up with three different ways that, <laughs> that they're not. Disney can get more money from us.
1: <laughs> so That's maybe true. they're being
0: kinder to us than we than they than we say they are.
1: Yes. Yeah. We're, we're begging them to not, um, (laughs) to not do that now. Uh, but okay. Favorite moments of return of the Jedi. Is there like a moment that sticks out where you're like, 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 okay, this is what I used to do as a kid. So I'm going to ask if there's a moment that you can do this for, but like phantom menace as a kid, a lot of times I used to skip right to the moment. Darth Maul shows up. And the doors part, and Obi <laughs> Wan and Qui Gon pull out their lightsabers. So, is there a part in Return of the Jedi that you think you could be like, I'm going to skip right to that part and watch the rest of the movie, or I just want to see this moment again?
0: The part where Luke Skywalker uh, levitates C-3PO in the Ewok village.
1: <laughs> yes, that is. Uh, a good I part. always
0: thought not only was it was it was it cool because you know he's he's using his mind to make this robot fly, and. C-3PO is not even realizing what's going on, so that moment is always really, really funny to me. I like that one a
1: lot. Yeah, when three PO is like, but <laughs> he he I thinks didn't know he's actually it doing me. it, right? <laughs> I didn't know I had it in me. <laughs> yes, you know, three PO is probably my favorite droid. <laughs> I I feel something very special for three PO and R2. And if there's one complaint I have with the sequel trilogy, it's just that I felt like we didn't get enough of them in it together together especially but R2 is really not in it like um at least 3PO gets a huge chunk of time in in Rise of Skywalker which I was very excited for because like I said I just love 3PO uh, so much even even as annoying as he can be <laughs> he really speaks to me that's another character that probably I can identify with I'm sure people say I annoy them the way that he annoys Han and stuff um I think for me it would probably be I really like the moment uh not to sound cliche I guess of of the lightsaber battle against um you know Vader and Luke and how Luke is uh, plus the music there is just really good. I really like the music at that part and I think it, you know how strong Luke is at that moment to be able to toss the saber aside you know when he he's going a little overboard right chopping off his dad's hand and just even like the look that he gives his robotic hand then of like wait a minute he's just you know like we're kind of the same at this moment and i'm gonna have to stop this now i think is a really strong moment that i can probably revisit
0: a lot yeah and so star wars as you know is shows a lot of different choices that people make and Mm -hmm. the either the rewards or the consequences of those choices. And that one, I think, is probably one of the more powerful ones, because you you see him just being so angry that he, he, he causes damage to his own father. So at this point, he knows it's his father mm-hmm. and he hurts him. He harms Well, kind of he he removes his hand. And pauses and then decide, I'm not going to do this i could do more i could be more destructive i could be more hurtful and i'm not going to because that's not the jedi way that's not the 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 person that i want to be and to your point just throws the lightsaber and says no more kind of thing
1: you're right choices is such a apt thing you know I there's this book I used to get at my library a lot which was the choose your own adventure Star Wars <laughs> and those were always fun because I would sometimes be like I'm gonna choose the the really evil thing that you know you can do here and it's like you're you're a character that's kind of inserted into the main narrative um so there's like a point in that where he's like fighting and that you can kind of totally turn Luke over and uh be the evil one and be like Luke is uh, I'll do it then, you know, or Luke's not going to do it. I'm going to do it. And you can do that. And it's just funny how um some of those books <laughs> let you let you go wild with the choices. And that
0: played so, out in the video games, too. Yeah. You know, some yeah. of the video games would give you those those kind of options. So you can you can make those light choices, you know, the kind choices, the light side, or you can just do the purely evil thing. I'm going to I'm going to kill this character because I can and And then you get to reap the rewards, good or bad, right or wrong, you know of what that choice is and and it and it carries with you throughout the rest of the game,
1: yes, yeah, like I said, I'm doing like a full dark side run. There's this Romeo and Juliet story type line um on Dantooine. I think it is in Knights of the Republic, and you can like kind of stop the families from killing each other or you can egg them on and just. <laughs> you know egging them on is like so like you feel so evil but also sometimes it's like very over the top like you'll you'll have like two options and it's either be very very nice or be very very mean like sometimes there's no middle ground in those games or the choose your own adventure you know they want you to pick the extreme but that's kind of what star wars is all about right the choices we talked about obi-wan you know having to choose to keep his word and um all of those choices that he made.
0: Well, even down to the, the choice of words, you know, the mm-hmm. whole thing where, you know, where Luke says, you know, you, this isn't what you told me before kind of thing. And, and Obi-Wan says, well, it was true from a certain point of view. Yeah. You know, so that kind of thing. So even, and this, that, that mentality, that lesson has, has carried with me throughout my whole life. This idea of your choices have impacts, your words have impacts, and the the actions you take, the words you speak, come down to your decisions. You know, nobody can necessarily make you do something. Nobody can necessarily make you say something. And either way, you're going to have to be the one that that reaps the rewards or suffers the consequences. And that shows up even in in the the most recent season of the Bad Batch. You know, this idea of the clones had to live with their decisions, which is something different than. and and, and droids. And I apologize if you haven't seen the bad batch. I don't mean to spoil it for
1: you. I haven't seen season two, but, uh, you didn't really spoil anything. You're good. Um, (laughs) yeah. And you know what you said there about the, from a certain point of view, that's something that's interesting in star Wars too, because, you know, uh, people like to use that as a joke sometimes, you know, from a certain type point of view, but really we hear about that all the time with like villains and, um, how everyone thinks that they're doing the, you know, kind of the right thing. And, um, that in fact, you know, that it also affects like the, the choices they make. Right. So, Obi-Wan thinks he's doing the right thing again by lying or by telling a half truth that is true in his point of view, because in his point of view, Anakin is truly dead because, you know, now we see from obi-wan uh why he thinks that right like we again i think this is what's interesting about star wars as it stands now is like like if we compare it to the mcu or even really any other franchise you're always going either forward or like very far back for like a prequel right but like in star wars we're still getting middle content you know like rogue one that puts a different spin on Um, a new hope in how we think about that movie or the clone wars filling in between episodes two and three. And now even Mando, which is taking place right after return of the Jedi. And it's just, it, it keeps giving us because they keep making content in different eras. It allows those original trilogies and the prequels to look differently in your point of view you know throughout the the next time you get another piece of information you might think oh that's interesting now that we know this bit of information
0: well and to your point about talking about obi-wan i think that's a beautiful example of how the makers that make star wars now are being respectful and thoughtful of the star wars that has come before so that line of you you told me that darth vader killed my father you know and you know for those of you who watch the obi-wan show i apologize for spoiling this but anakin said those kind of words to obi-wan you didn't kill anakin skywalker i did you know so right. obi-wan heard from anakin that he killed anakin if that makes any sense you know and so i i i absolutely positively love and respect the makers today that are paying honor and tribute to everything that's come before. So here we are 40 years later, still talking about this movie and still getting new content that's connected to it, new content that highlights it, new content that that broadens it and makes that content, even from 40 years ago, just as applicable today as it did when it came out in the theater in 1983.
1: Yeah, and it gives us new context to that piece of art from forty years ago now. Like that's like like I said, something so different. That'd be like if in forty years from now Marvel for some reason releases something that takes place between Infinity War and Endgame and changes our whole you know <laughs> perspective. But they're not gonna do that. They're gonna be already down the road, you know, yep. further. So I guess that's what's special about Star Wars.
0: And I think that's also one of the things that's helped us, that has helped it last as long as it has, mm-hmm. and will help it last even longer. Like as 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 dark as this sounds, I hope I die in knowing that there's still going to be more Star Wars after I'm gone.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: because I don't I don't plan on dying anytime soon. You know, I've got another fifty years, uh, you know, ahead of me. I'm hopeful that I and and still be able to see more Star Wars over the course of the next fifty years.
1: Yeah, you know, and that was something that I think um, people had the opposite reaction to with the Disney sale at first, right? It's because they're like, Disney's never going to let this die. I will never see the last Star Wars movie. I'll never know how it ends, right? But, you know, it's never supposed to end. There's there's always something taking place in that galaxy that can, you know, um, and I guess you can still have your way. Skywalker saga is over, I guess, right? So that's oh, not according <laughs> to the last celebration. Well, yeah, I think they're I think they're not gonna market that as a continuation of the Skywalker saga. You know, like it's not yeah. gonna be Episode Ten. I think yeah is uh, is probably how they'll fix that. But yeah, so Return of the Jedi came out. That was the end at that time. Luke was successful, overthrew the Empire. Everyone was happy they either sang you know like the yubnum song or the new celebration song that they have at the end depending on what version you watch and um they either saw you know uh, Hayden Christensen or, or didn't see Hayden Christensen but Or Bernard it, Shaw Yes it ended then at that point but I guess now just kind of looking at you know what it did for um I guess before we go into what it did for film outside of Star Wars but if we can I guess look at it on what it did to Star Wars now like like we said, we're getting that new content. so I guess how has some of this stuff changed your perspective on Return of the Jedi?
0: Well, for me, it's just made it more exciting I mean I could I just so you know I watched you know Return of the Jedi earlier this week because I knew I was going to be talking to you about it. And the fact that it's on Disney Plus and I can watch it on my phone or watch it on my television or, you know, wherever is to me, it's magic. I don't understand how it works. And in <laughs> yeah. some ways, I don't want to know. I just know that I can do it. And it's fantastic. Um, and going back to what I was saying about the, the makers honoring and respecting it, it, it just makes it more exciting to know that there is that level of respect and trust and and love for the content and the creators that they're willing to do that and to see these little nuggets that show up in something new that connect to it whether it's um in the rise of skywalker where you got to see wicket and his son and not only do, do you get to see wicket the character and his son the character but if you know the behind the scenes stuff that's actually Warwick Davis and his actual son you know so so some of these these makers have been involved in this work for the 40 plus years since return of the jedi came out and continued to 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 be a part of that star wars galaxy that star wars family and and they show up at conventions and they you know they they do interviews on podcasts and stuff like that so even though return of the jedi finished in 83 i think it's just as alive and vibrant today as it, as it was back then
1: Yeah, so I guess a question I have for you, because I think we both know our our opinions on this, but for people that um, maybe feel the opposite way or have a certain feeling, okay, so some of the complaints I see people have, right, is Return of the Jedi ended perfectly. Why would we want to continue this, right? And then you get the complaints of when it does continue, right, is that that's not the Luke Skywalker I wanted to see. That's not... um, you know han regressing or you know or you know whatever people thought um when the sequels came out and then the ending we got with rise of skywalker so i'm gonna ask you this question and then i guess um if you don't believe what i'm asking you can kind of uh defend why you why you think that way but there are some people that think okay well the the sequels right have ruined uh the ending of return to the, the jedi because luke was not ultimately successful with his jedi temple and now they're going to be giving that to ray type of thing you know in the in the new movie that they're making so i guess if you believe that why and if you don't believe that
0: why so i don't believe that the sequel trilogy ruined sky uh, star wars or the skywalker legacy um and we we will you and i and the majority of the fans will probably never know what george truly had in mind for the next movies we 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 do know from interviews that george has done in the past that he did want to do nine movies with standalones in the middle we know that george wanted to do tv shows um underworld underworld i remember
1: hearing about that when i was in high school and it was supposed to be coming out by the time i graduated and then of course it never did well not
0: only did they they talk about underworld but from what i understand they had many 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 hours worth of scripts yeah ronald
1: moore wrote some of it
0: yeah so so that that exists somewhere and i would i would i would probably be willing to give my right leg to be able to sit down and, and read through it um so we you know, to go back to what I was saying, we don't know what George had in mind. And we also know that what we were given. And so instead of spending my time saying that that's not what George wanted or spending my time saying that's not what I wanted, I simply acknowledge what we were given and learn to appreciate it, learn to respect it, learn to enjoy it. Not saying that everybody has to like it, However, if they didn't want that movie to be made or or those movies to be made, they wouldn't have. You know, the the perfect examples I can think of that are are Solo and, uh, well, actually Solo, Rogue One, and even Rise of Skywalker and The Force Awakens. I mean, those were not smooth productions. You know, Solo started off with, with different directors and they changed and said, nope, we're getting Ron Howard. Um, episode nine, Rise of Skywalker started off with a different director. They said, nope, we're going to bring JJ back. So what we got is what Disney wanted us to get. Like it, lump it or otherwise. It's the stories. It's the movies we have. Mm-hmm. And so I would much rather spend my time talking about what we have than beating up the people for what we didn't have. And no matter, no matter what, Because I wasn't involved in the making of them, they're not going to make the Ken Bishop movie. They're not going to make the the Ken Bishop version of it, and nor should they, you know, because it would probably involve uh, an adventure of 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 Lumpy and Chewbacca somewhere in the galaxy, and not everyone (laughs) is a fan of that. So,
1: and Jar Jar, right? And And Jar Jar. (laughs) I was very surprised
0: that we didn't get Jar Jar in this season of The Mandalorian.
1: Oh, that would have been great. That would be great. Who else would have sent that Naboo yacht?
0: To uh, to Keller that's and That's true,
1: that's true. Yeah, because I think Doug Chain even said it was that it was specifically Padme's. Actually,
0: yeah. Well, and it may have been Padme's yacht, but Padme was a, a representative of Naboo, and Jar right, right. was also a senator of Naboo at the time.
1: And they probably talk anyway. So he, she could have totally been like, Jar Jar, can you do this for me while I'm worried about this other thing or whatever? Well, I'm here crying
0: <laughs> at the, 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 looking out my window. Or yes, looking on my exactly.
1: Balcony. That's what she was looking. She was looking at the ship landing. She was like, <laughs> what is going on over there? Um, <laughs> but no, I agree with you. I, I think that, you know, like you said, they're not going to make our versions. Of, I don't even know what I wanted, right? Like, I don't even know what I, what I really wanted in episode seven, eight or nine. Like, Uh, Yes, I would. The only thing I know I wanted that I didn't get was the three main leads from the original on the Falcon together for just one scene. Like that's kind of the only thing I think was like that was a missed opportunity. Now, of course, we didn't know like Carrie Fisher was going to pass that quickly. We didn't know that you know that that her time was was so much shorter. She passed away like what right after Rogue One. I think days after Rogue One premiered. So that, you know, that kind of ruined any chance of ever seeing that, even if it was like Force Ghost Han, you know, even though he's not really a Force Ghost. But, you know, like the Han that we see in Rise of Skywalker, you know, there there was options to have those three characters be together at, at some way. But that and like the droids are really the only things I think I can complain about with, with the sequels. And, you know, I, I think when I was looking at like the original Expanded Universe, one of the things I didn't like in it, right, when I was like... Cause I would have the books. I would read some of them. And then I would also of course be up to date cause I'd be on chat rooms or, you know, on Wikipedia or whatever, reading about the latest novel that came out that I haven't read yet. So I knew like Jason Solo went to the dark side, you know, like that stuff was um, well known. I think it even hit news. Like, I think they were even making news articles about like the expanded universe. And I remember that upsetting me. Cause I was like, why would Luke's, Grandson turned to the, or Luke's nephew turned to the dark side. But then I sit down and watch Force Awakens, and I said, "This works." Like th- that was something I didn't want in. Like I, I remember when there was rumors of him being Ben Solo, and I was like, "I don't know if I want that." But then I watch it, and I said, "That was that's I like it." You know, Kylo Ren's one of my favorite characters of the sequel trilogy. So again, it's like what we want is not always what we actually want. You know, <laughs> like. We don't know what we want.
0: I think another piece to that is just because we don't get what we want doesn't mean that what we get is bad. And that's, that's the, even, yeah. even that language is challenging for me, you know, cause I don't think star Wars is good or bad. I don't,
1: I just, right, right.
0: it's, it's star Wars. And when I hear people get feisty and frustrated and, and, and over the top, I like to say one of a couple things. Number one, I like to lean in real close and whisper. You know it's not real, right? Yeah. Like
1: none of it's. <laughs> at the real. end of the day, at the end of the day, none of this matters, yeah. right? It is just yeah. all no, fiction.
0: None of this is real. So if you can remember that, okay. And then the other part of it, where where folks will say, "Well, well, Luke would have never done this, or so and so wouldn't have done that," and I'm thinking, wait a minute. Have, do you believe that Chewbacca? a giant space bear dog can fly <laughs> a spaceship do you believe that if they say yes then you can very easily believe whatever else this other story is because if you can believe that part then you can believe all the parts whether you would have written it or not so it's it's right, no right. like for instance in um um the last jedi when snoke's ginormous ship couldn't keep keep up with the um the the rebel fleet.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. in the, the in the race, right? Yeah, like the little yeah. Uh, tracking them down. Yep.
0: They told me that it couldn't keep up, so I believe that it couldn't keep right, up. Right, right. So I don't need to question it. I don't need to to look at the physics of the engines. They said it can't keep up. It won't keep up. Can't keep up. Move on. Carry on with the story and and enjoy what's what's on the screen.
1: I think it also comes down to for me like. I I think the first order is kind of toying with them. They think they have them dead to rights, right? Like there's no reason for them to be like, let's make this quick. Like, I feel like that's kind of in their thought as well. It's like, well, they're going to run out of fuel. We're not going to have to worry about anything. So, like, yeah, I didn't have to. I never actually thought of that complaint until I read it online. Like, I was like, what? This is something somebody actually has a problem with? Like, <laughs> well,
0: I, and I, I, I'm not joking when I say this. I remember listening to people complain that they didn't show bathrooms on the spaceships. So, how could that, how could they, how could they travel so far without a bathroom? That's i'm i'm not sure that i i don't i don't need to know whether there is or there isn't a bathroom i mean these, these ships will spin around 360 degrees and nobody's wearing a seat belt so right right
1: well you know for for some of those people I i think they just need to be like totally explained to and i'm not saying this is like a slight but like i remember when lost was on right and And people will be like well they never show them going to the bathroom and i'm like do we need to see that like they do it off screen like why are you worried about it
0: does it does it play into the story because if it doesn't play into the story you don't need i mean they do show them eating from time to time so we know there's space food but we don't necessarily need to know how and when and where they get rid of said space food
1: and what i'll say to anybody that watches lost that is Saying, well, you know, they don't show him go to the bathroom. They actually do mention quite a few times, Hurley, going into the bathroom, gather some leaves. He gets ready to go use them as toilet paper.
0: <laughs> <He> doesn't <laughs> use the three shells.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you know, the complaints are sometimes invalid like that. Because, again, it's like, okay, why do we need to see the bathrooms? Why do we, you know, people, I don't know. And then when sometimes they do mention, like, I know... Um, some of the complaints of like the new canon is that they do mention bathrooms and people are like why are they talking about bathrooms? like they just have the same bathrooms we have like i don't know
0: yeah the refresher in the the razor (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) exactly so we kind of talked about the sequel trilogy and i guess like how mando and all the new stuff affects it but i guess you know just like kind of if you can take me back to You know, after 83, we kind of talked a little bit about how the Ewoks, right, kind of filled in. But like the Ewoks and the EU, the books, the comics really started to fill a void that because nobody knew when we were getting those other movies, right? Because George didn't really say much, I think, at the time. And then he would get asked about later and be like, well, you know, technology hasn't caught up or whatever until Jurassic Park comes out and he realizes that, you know, some of that tech can can start being used, but what was just like the vibe is like Star Wars fandom after Return of the Jedi, after the Ewok films, and kind of like what what was that like growing was, up?
0: It, the, the folks that are of my age will call it the dark times, you know, before the prequels, and you know they had the comics, they had the the, the, the role playing books and, and the novels and stuff, but that was that was really it, and we were in a state of wonder, in a, in a state of curiosity, in a state of wanting more but not getting it. And interestingly enough, you know, Lucasfilm worked on many things between Return of the Jedi and the, the 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 prequel trilogy that allowed the prequel trilogy to be as successful as it was. I mean, one of the things that's amazing about George and the team that he created, many of the things that they did built on each other. So, for instance, you know, they went from the... the the return of the Jedi into the Ewok movies and the Ewok movies went to Willow and then went to, you know, like young Indiana Jones and, and, and a um, stained glass man. And some of the folks that worked on those movies also worked on things like, like Robocop and um Terminator. And then like you said, yeah,
1: Terminator, yeah, then
0: Jurassic park. And then at that time, George said, Hey, I think the technology can do these stories that I've had in my brain since the early seventies. So let's make the prequel movies. Um, and did a whole lot of stuff in the prequel movies that nobody had ever done before. You know, a fully live action animated character in Jar Jar mm-hmm. Banks. you know, to do as, as much digital. Even I think the, I think, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith were filmed on digital cameras, which was unheard yeah. of at the time, you know, and then even changing theaters to the point where they needed to have digital projectors to be able to play the movies, you know, and then we get to where we are now with, with, with stagecraft and the Mandalorian and, and and so on. And all of these things, you know, built on each other to, to allow them to, to advance storytelling, to, to even as silly as it may sound, reduce the cost of making some of these things because that was also one of the big challenges is it costs so much to do this stuff that it, they just couldn't do it and i think that's he one was of always
1: the... running out of money <laughs> you know like he's always complaining about that in those documentaries running out money. and also
0: in some ways you know running out of the way to tell these stories and i think that's one of the reasons why the the animated clone wars became a thing because he had wanted to do like we said, you want to do star Wars underworld? But even, even the live action television stuff was too expensive. So, so animation was the way to go and it still kept, you know, star Wars alive and the stories growing and expanding. And, and now here we are where pretty much every week we have something new star Wars. So we're, we're in the golden age or the platinum age or the best star
1: age. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. It's true. It's, it's, we're, we're spoiled to the point of, you know, people complaining like, oh, ahsoka's in august that's four months from now it's like we used to go three years between <laughs> movies like then we started get movies every year um you know for the sequels and the spinoffs and then now it feels like it's been forever since we have a movie uh it's just crazy how quick well what's goes. interesting too,
0: go back to that idea there used to be three years in between the movies so those three years in between the movies gave us time to watch that first movie again and again mm-hmm. and again whereas now uh, i i i'm i'm mildly embarrassed to to say this out loud i've only watched season 3 of the mandalorian three times so far
1: yeah. i've only watched it once i've only watched each episode once and it's because uh i just haven't had the time and uh like i don't have the time to rewatch all this stuff as much as Because it's so much now, like I would love to go back and say, let's watch three seasons of The Mandalorian and, uh, you know, book a Boba Fett in there. But now I'm like, I actually want to rewatch Rebels before Ahsoka. You know, So it's like trying to balance um, when you only have four months to do it, maybe less than four months, depending on when in August it is. Right.
0: Well, for me, this is I I have a a special way of watching these things. So they, they get launched around us like three in the morning yeah so i'll get up at three in the morning i'll watch the episode often once maybe twice
1: wow Work That's dedication
0: <laughs> it's cra- it's craziness like i think that that I, I need an intervention but don't don't tell anyone um so i'll watch it before i go to work i'll often come home from work because um i like watching these shows with my wife heather and we'll watch them after work And because they come out on Wednesday nights, it's also a benefit to me because that's when we we do the Inflatable Falcon podcast. So every Wednesday night we get together and we'll talk for four hours about whatever. And so I I also want to make sure I watch it before that show, before that podcast. Um, And then I'll often watch it maybe the weekend afterwards as well. So I've only watched already, and I know season three just ended, but I've only watched (laughs) it three times. And I still don't think that's enough because there's so much goodness in it. And mm-hmm. you know, we've I've been able to watch Return of the Jedi over and over and over again for 40 years, and listen to the soundtrack over and over and over again for 40 years. And um, we don't necessarily have that that same kind of gap that we used to have in the yeah. in, in the 80s or even in the uh, the early 2000s to be able to watch them over and over and over again before the new thing comes out.
1: Yeah, and I think part of that plays in the perception, too. I think, like, you know, by the time we get this Ray movie, right, it's going to be 10 years since Force Awakens. Um, Those 10 years, I don't know if it's just because I'm aging as well, will have felt way faster than 2005 to 2015 between Revenge of the Sith and and Force Awakens. I think that's because we didn't have as much content between them. So now that we're getting all this stuff all the time, you're like, like whoa like it's just coming at you a mile a mile a minute and what i wanted to say ken is that um this is actually your intervention Uh, your family is going to be entering the room here in a moment (laughs)
0: lock the door (laughs) (laughs) why are there handcuffs Um, on that that chair
1: yeah yeah unfortunately you you can't watch it three times anymore (laughs) so much good stuff about return of the jedi and like what it has led to since then but i guess is there anything that um sticks out to you from return of the jedi that maybe you feel like we don't have closure on something you're expecting to maybe get answered in one of these other shows at some point Um, we
0: don't have closure on it yet but i think they're going that way and it's how in the wild world of sports Did palpatine return you know because as 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 poe said somehow palpatine returned so we're i think at some point we will get that closure and i think that may be another thing that some of those and i use the word very very loosely some of those fans may not like (laughs) they may not like the answer but I'm, i'm i'm here for it
1: yeah i think we've gotten uh pieces of it right like i think if we're going to take from uh, like the latest, what, not this last, not the finale, but the episode before that of Mandalorian, when Hux is in there, um, Hux's dad, and he says, uh, Project Necromancer, right? Is his, that's like dark magic, right? And that is one of the things that Dominic Monaghan's character says in Rise of Skywalker, right? Dark magic. So I do think that that's probably the, the answer. And it has to do with these, I think what happens is maybe since Dr. Pershing is kind of gone, is that we have somebody else tries to do the cloning and it, and it suffers. And that's why we get something like Snoke looking like Snoke, you know, and then eventually they perfect it. But yeah, I do think eventually that, you know, one thing that is really make me like, I've always really liked rise of Skywalker or walked out of that movie. Loved it. One thing that's making me really enjoy it is I'm currently reading the book shadow of the Sith right okay and it's this book that came out last summer and it stars luke and lando and they're looking for ochi of bastoon you know who was um mentioned in rise of skywalker and they're hunting ray and uh ray's parents and i just think like that has added so much to that story for me as i'm reading it um i'm like halfway through and even there's this part where Luke goes to Tython and sits on the seeing stone that Grogu sits on and he has visions of Exegol and then he sees his dad's force ghost. And it's just like, I was like, this is hitting every single thing. You know, it's hitting the prequel trilogy. It's hitting the original trilogy. It's hitting Mando and it's hitting the sequel. Trilo- like it was it, I, really feeding into, I'm really enjoying it. And what was that one called? Shadow of the Sith. Shadow of the Sith. I'm got to write that one down. I yeah. Do add
0: that to my, add it to the is.
1: list yeah it's it's a. Uh, some of these star wars books don't hook me you know like i read the one for galaxy's edge black spire and uh that one took me forever to read because it wasn't hooking me but this one has you know like i said luke lando ray all those characters in it and i'm like i'm i'm loving it so oh, i've been cool. reading it pretty quickly
0: that's very,
1: very cool. It's changed my perspective on, you know, everything. Even though I already liked the movie, it's like, I'm like, oh, we're getting more. Like, I think that's one thing. I know we're talking about Return of the Jedi, but one thing I really like about being able to get some of this ancillary material is sometimes these, these screenwriters, or even like even George, when he had stuff, you know, would write something that is almost surface level, just like, here is the character's name here is uh you know he'll name drop something in a script and then the rest of the expanding universe people or whoever doing this like okay how do we fit this in or what can, how can we like the whole sifo thing
0: right well how about the clone wars period
1: yeah but like Sypho Diaz, like was actually um in george's original screen drafts was like psyo diaz like sidious it was spelled differently And it was supposed to be like a code name for how like Sidious was able to pose as a Jedi master or whatever and get that. And then for some reason, I guess he just decided I'm going to name it Sifo DS instead. And then they're like, okay, never mind. It's an actual Jedi that was friends with Count Dooku that now is dead, you know, and they just have to fill in this gap that wasn't there in like probably the first few drafts. And they're like never mind now we have stuff that we can just add on top of it and it makes you feel like so much different like when that line is said now in attack of the clones i'm like oh i know sifo ds so it's just something that's really again something special in star wars i guess
0: and they they still are able to find other stuff to add to it so you know the the most recent tales of the jedi you know the the set of shorts that dave felody and the group were involved in first they took the incredible animation style of bad batch and the last yeah. two seasons of the Clone Wars, and created these wonderful six stories that they 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 melded together. Six stories: three of Dooku, three of 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 Ahsoka, and in brief fifteen minute chunks, gave us so much stuff to enjoy, so much stuff that fills in the blanks, so much stuff that even projects us further into the future with more questions and more excitement.
1: I, you know, there there's just so much in there like even the background characters all get names they all get action figures you know it's like such a w- different even if world. they change even know, if, yeah you know yeah.
0: snaggletooth actually has a name beyond snaggletooth and the same thing with yeah that, hammerhead
1: like, yeah same thing
0: i don't remember all of their names but they have real actual <laughs> well that's names. what like
1: the guy the guy behind me here this is the crimson corsair this is sidon Athano he's briefly in the back of the force awakens and doesn't say a thing And I just thought he looked really cool. And he's like my favorite sequel trilogy background character. (laughs) And they made a little short story of him being a pirate in one of these books before I think last Jedi came out. And if I was in charge of Lucasfilm, by the way, this guy would have like his own TV show. He would, he would be everywhere. (laughs) Or at least a
0: couple episodes. Yes. Have a story arc with him in there somewhere. Who knows? Maybe he was somehow connected with Gorian Shard.
1: There you go. See? Yeah. We can we can bring up so many cool things. Like I think in that story he is hunting uh he's looking for a treasure from the clone wars and it turns out to be like I think it's one of the clones like in almost like in carbonite or frozen or something. Okay. I don't know. I think it's fives. I don't know. But one of them uh gets like this, that's what they find. And I'm like, that's interesting that that was, yeah." Like, like tying in a sequel character trilogy, sequel trilogy character with the prequels and all that stuff is just so, so fascinating. And so have
0: you been lucky enough to, uh, you know, spend any time interacting with any of the makers from return of the Jedi, whether it's actors or anyone else?
1: Um, no, I think the closest would be, I got to see Warwick, uh, during Star Wars weekends. And he had did this great show on the stage in Hollywood studios. Um that uh I think that's probably the closest I've gotten. I've never been able to like I think if we're even talking just general celebrity wise, I have not been lucky in my life at all. <laughs> I, I used to do a podcast for the show Superstore, which was on NBC, and I got a few of the cast members on our show, but uh via Zoom But that's like the closest to like celebrities. Like my grandfather got to meet Jim Carrey when he was on in living color and stuff, but I I've never been blessed with meeting famous people Oh, okay. or makers of star Wars. Uh. (laughs) How about you?
0: So we go to conventions quite often. So we've Mm -hmm. gone to star Wars weekends and other conventions. So we've gotten photographs with a bunch of folks. Um, We got to hang out with um, Jeremy Bullock, um, Peter Mayhew, we got photographs with him and got to talk to him for probably a good 20 minutes at a, at a convention in Philadelphia. We're lucky enough to get pictures with with Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher at one of the, the Star Wars celebrations. And on our forces behind Star Wars, this isn't about the movie. This is a, a different kind of maker. We were able to talk with three of the original creators of the Kenner action figures. Oh, wow. You know, that was pretty. That was probably the, like the, the, for me, one of the, one of the absolute positively coolest moments to be able to talk with those guys who were involved in, in designing, developing, marketing, um, the, mm-hmm. the, the early action figures. And what's funny is one of the, the guys said that they used to, they used to say that they were in the landfill business because these, these action figures <laughs> were so inexpensive and more, more than often, you know, kids would play with them for a little while and then throw them away. Um, yeah, you know, so they joked around saying that they they just made things that, that went into the landfill, not knowing that forty plus years later people would be buying a a three and three quarter inch Boba Fett for a hundred thousand dollars or so.
1: Yeah, my my mom got me like a few years ago for my birthday or Christmas. I have like um like an original Obi Wan toy that she got off eBay. Now, of course, it's not packaged or anything, so it's sitting in my it's sitting in like a little um ups box or usps box in here that um but just something cool like that because she knows how much i love uh obi-wan so it's from like a new hope and probably was like a hundred or so bucks but it's opened you know it's not like a <laughs> so, we, didn't, we didn't have that type of money to get, like the, the closed ones but that was really cool because I, i've never had any of those original kenner toys yeah, so
0: those are the, the the makers that we got to to spend some time with, and if I uh, and uh, our friend Mike, who does the inflatable Falcon with us, his daughter does a, a podcast called Star Wars Geek Girls, and it's her and her friend Lizzie, and they've met. If I had to guess a number, like four dozen, you know, wow. celebrities, including Matt Martin, who's a member of the story group. She just recently interviewed him at a at Star Wars celebration. So that's awesome. So I know some of the makers by extension through some of my friends. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not six cool degrees. Yeah,
1: right?
0: <laughs> I'm not cool enough to know them, but I know people who know them.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. Mike uh, sent me a link of when Star Wars dot com visited them or something, too.
0: Yeah. They uh, Zoe was was on YouTube. In a, it's called Star Wars Story. So they went to her house and, and filmed this whole thing um, with her and her family. So if you get a chance to to, to have Mike on your show, I, I highly suggest it. he's a he's a fantastic guy.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to reach out. I mean, he reached out to me too, but I just got to schedule it now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> make sure it works with everyone's. Uh, you know, just he's not Wednesday that. nights because he has to. Fly yeah, Falcon. <laughs> yeah. Now I'll just take him from your show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. All right. Anything else about Return of the Jedi that's sticking out to you that we didn't get to talk about? Well-
0: what are some of the themes that you think that have been consistent since Return of the Jedi that show up, whether it's in the, the, the hmm. prequels or even in the new stuff? I'm, I know we've talked a little bit about about choices and how that has ripples. Can you think of any other lessons that they tucked into Return of the Jedi that are still just as valid today, 40 years later?
1: Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I think there's this theme in, in Return of the Jedi specifically. It's not really in the rest of the original trilogy of kind of almost Luke believing in the, in the best of people, you know, believing in the best of his father that he can somehow wake up his father to what's going on. And we kind of see that mirrored right with, with Ray trying to do the same thing to Ben in rise of Skywalker and how that kind of becomes a theme throughout, like even revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan still thinks there's time to turn Anakin around. So like, I, I think it's something that, really almost comes up in every single closing of a trilogy, but also even Han and, and Leia kind of talk about it in force awakens when he goes out there to speak to Ben. Um, he's trying to do, you know, one last intervention before he thinks that, uh, Ky- you know, before Ben turns fully into Kylo Ren. So I think that's a theme that I didn't really see present in a new hope or, or, an empire that kind of premiered in return of the jedi that has now kind of become like almost a, a staple theme of star wars as a whole of you're never too far gone there's always some way you can bring them back around and redeem them
0: and i mean i think it showed up in a new hope and i use that word on purpose because it's a different kind of hope there's one thing to hope for the best in the situation that's another thing to hope for the best in a person or people, and you could see it even in in this season of The Mandalorian. You know, um, Din Djarin hoped that that Bo Katan could learn to respect and trust the Armorer, and and we as fans hoped that the Armorer could could trust and respect Bo Katan, even though they they had similar yet different beliefs. Can these folks? change their 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 beliefs of each other to be successful and to to get us to a place better than where we are right now
1: it's interesting too because like like i said they're very similar beliefs right they're both mandalorians it's kind of like when you have almost like if if we look at like in uh the the middle east how you can have the sunni or the shiites you know they're both muslims but they will have their they believe almost the, the same stuff but there's like a line of where they will have like civil wars about stuff and the same thing christianity is like this big branch but you can have different branches in it that can believe totally different ways that can cause um infighting and and stuff like that but really it's like we're we're more alike than we're than we are different you know Uh, no matter what your background is we're all people we all have feelings and thoughts and stuff like that and yeah so there's always you know there's always a way to kind of I don't know if they ever meant that when they're doing these Mandalorian civil wars all the time, you know, but, you know, it's kind of something that you can relate to your real world as well.
0: Well, I think they have. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm guessing because I haven't been able to, to, to talk with them personally about this, but I do believe that they they take a lot of inspiration from either religious texts or historical documents. I mean, look what they did with Andor and, and yes, some of the, yeah. the revolutionary kind of stuff that they, 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 they brought into that show and the political intrigue that we could very easily see, you know, ripples of that or mirrors of that in, in, in actual real world events. So I I, I think that these makers, specifically the Star Wars makers, are are students of cinema, students of history, students of people and do what they can to tell these wonderful stories using wild technology that even though it happens in a galaxy, far, far away, we can relate to here. in you know, the East coast of the United States or in the middle East.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you a question because you just mentioned Andor and it just has me thinking here when it comes to, you know, there was this whole, I don't know, controversy, but there was the, when Andor's mom says like, what like forget the empire? It was originally written as like f the empire. So I wanted, I just want to know your stance on this. Are you pro or anti f bombs in Star Wars? That's what I want to know.
0: Um, I, I think I'm anti f bombs in Star Wars. I think they've done enough that's similar to it, and I think it's been fun for them to come up with other swear words, mm-hmm. whether it's Dank ferric or Carabast or something like that. So I don't, I don't know if we need this you know, hear, hear the, the actual earth F word in there. Um, But I, and like I was saying, I I love that they have figured out ways of, of adding other swear words because we know that in other cultures that don't speak English, they've got swear words, you know what right? I mean? So, so it makes sense to hear dank Ferrick or, or, or Zeb, or Zeb Aurelius saying carabast kind of thing, but I don't need, I don't think they need to say F, F this or F that. Even I though I know the maker, you know, he, I've, I've listened to him do interviews. I've listened to him do podcasts and he's, he's, he's quite comfortable with the F word, which,
1: you know, I'm quite
0: comfortable with the F word, but not necessarily on a show that's not mine. So,
1: right, right now, I totally agree with you. I think, I think it's, uh, you know, there, there's a segment of people like online that for this and like the MCU and stuff will be like, when are we going to get a rated R film? When are we going to get the first F bomb of star Wars? When are we going to get the first, uh, F bomb in the MCU type of thing, and it's like we don't need that though. <laughs> you know, like like you said, I can use the word, right? I'm not, I'm not like a saint, but it's like there, there's a pure thought of me of being able to watch these with like my my five year old whenever I have a kid. You know, it's like I don't have to worry about centering. Yeah, <laughs> if we do
0: rewind and go back to you know the the the, the mid to late seventies when George was writing these he made these movies for kids whether people want to agree with that admit that believe that or not he has said so much himself that these are meant to be movies for kids and so yes they may say ass or you know s-h-i-t or whatever i don't think they need to say the you know the the, the unholiest of unholies f-words you know in 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 star wars and it still can be fantastic without being r-rated
1: yeah i still think forget the empire worked i still think that the message that she was getting or, or you know got through to them it got through to me like uh, yeah i think at that point it's just fluff almost if you're if you're gonna force it or whatever and i think that's um, another theme
0: that has really played out too is this idea of if enough individuals get together with common purpose they can create long lasting and overwhelming change whether Mm -hmm. it's on on a on a a relationship standpoint on on a city standpoint or in the case of star wars a galactic or intergalactic standpoint
1: true um okay last question i think i have for you here sure is is there a piece of memorabilia that you have behind you or somewhere in your house that is from like Return of the Jedi. Doesn't have to be from that era, like of 1983, but like something that is from that movie that you are most proud of uh, out of those. I w-
0: so I have lots of stuff. And <laughs> this isn't something I'm most proud of, but I'm so glad you asked for it. Hold on one second. Yeah. So this little guy right here <laughs> is a Return of the Jedi cup. And on one side it has C-3PO, R2D2, and Wicket W. Warwick, and on the other side it has Princess Leia, Organa, and the Ewoks. And this was from the <laughs> '80s. And on the bottom, it actually has a stamp that was made in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And I happened oh, to nice. find this at a at a random vintage shop for like three dollars.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: So this this is probably one of uh, for me one of the the silliest and coolest <laughs> pieces of, of return of the jedi memorabilia that i have i mean i have i have a bunch of the toys and, and yeah yeah you know things like that but for whatever reason this one brings me joy and i still have it you know on display with all of my other you know my other stuff so this is one that i really like how about with you
1: that's a good question i don't know if i really have anything of oh you know what i do have so and um, I like this, too, because of the story behind it. But I have one of those wall art things, right? So, like, it's a, just like a wooden board that goes on your wall. And oh. it has the movie poster on it. But it's the Revenge of the Jedi poster oh. instead of Return of the Jedi. So, I like that because I like the story of how that was originally the name. And then, for some reason, it hits George after they've already printed all the stuff that jedis wouldn't be after revenge and he has to change the whole title to to return of the jedi
0: yeah he changed it within months of the the the, the movie coming out and i love the fact that they were able to to take that one word and bring it back you know many many years later and slap it on revenge of the sith and it just fits in there so well
1: yeah i wonder if like he was like you know I got, I'm, I'm going to save that for, for another film now. Or if he's writing the third one and he's like, hey, this is perfect now. I'm going to finally come around to it. Do you have anything that has Revenge of the Jedi on it?
0: Not that I know of. Um, other than maybe some uh, some some images that I've snagged from various places and have used mm-hmm. as, as, uh, as fodder for Photoshop projects or whatever. Um, but I don't think I have anything formally that says Revenge of the Jedi on it which now has to get added to my list as a scavenger hunt item I have to get (laughs) something in Revenge of the Sith this year
1: (laughs) yeah this is kind of like what my I'm gonna share my screen here okay but it looks like um, sort of like this
0: oh that is cool that's very cool looking
1: yeah, and, like, so they also sell it on disc plate, which is, like, this new wall art thing. Okay. It's a metal poster, and uh, it gives you, like, a little, um, like, this thing that you stick on the wall, and then it has, like, a magnet, and then you just hang this up on it. Oh, that's but cool. mine mine was, like, a wooden um, thing that I got from, I think, like, FYE or, or uh, Ross or whatever. <laughs> I, I found it, and I just... Bought it for like maybe five bucks and hung it on my wall. So
0: oh, that's awesome! I actually yeah. used the uh, there was a they made a trailer that was released in in um, in the UK before mm. Re- uh, Return of the Jedi came out, and it used you know the the name the title Revenge of the, Ze- the Jedi, and I used that in my my second episode of the Rambling Star Wars fan. Oh, um, nice! So I released that that show on uh, Star Wars Podcast Day this year. And it's me listing out forty of my favorite things of Return of the Jedi, and one of them was talking about the the title change for the movie.
1: Yeah, it's just one of those like interesting stories where it almost sounds like a like a myth, right? Yeah. And that, but there's proof of it. <laughs> We've you got know? proof. Nice, it's nice because yeah. nice. not a lot of those that doesn't happen a lot to movies. And now we kind of have another one, I guess, with Duel of the Fates and Rise of Skywalker. Though they were two separate, you know drafts of the scripts but i guess what's your thought on that duel of the fates would that have been a good movie title
0: i think it would have been a good movie title and you know that leaked script from from uh, uh i think it was colin Tre- no chris was it chris terrio or was it colin trevorrow i think might have been colin- trevorrow yeah that re- yeah. that 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 released script would have made for a very interesting movie you know so i don't want to dismiss or discount that and at the same time, it's not the one that we got on screen. Right. So it's, both of them can be awesome. Both of them can be fantastic. Um, and just because one exists on screen and the other one exists only on paper doesn't mean that it's any, any, any less good, if that makes any sense.
1: So here's my main complaint with Disney is that I wish they were a little looser. And what I mean by that is give us the George treatments, right? Give us the Duel of the Fate script that we can buy it. Um, give us these Disney plus series on Blu-ray. Like I, w- I wish there was, you know, they were a little looser on some of the behind the scenes and stuff oh, like that because well, it's, it's funny be that you great. say that. Cause
0: we've talked about, you know, you know, the monetization of star Wars. Yeah. I mean, they released star Wars rebels. They released star Wars clone wars, at least the first six seasons. So if Disney really, really, really wanted to, to, to squeeze every nickel and penny out of our pockets, they would do those things. And they're not so. um, And and to your point, I would love to have that that collection of live action shows to go on my my bookshelf next to the other movies and and, and so on.
1: It's the only reason I want them (laughs) is that because I'm never going to get rid of Disney Plus because there's always Star Wars and Marvel stuff coming out. So for me, it's like having it so I can um, have it on the shelf. And then if I lose Internet. I can pop it in a Blu-ray player and still be able to have access. Like,
0: yes, sir, I'm I'm right there with you, and I, I, I agree. And so, for the Mandalorian season one, season two, we got the art of book.
1: Mm-hmm. We
0: didn't get an art of book for uh, the book of Boba Fett. We haven't gotten an art of book for Andor. We haven't gotten visual guide or vi- or visual dictionary for art of Boba Fett. So, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Please, you know, put these things out here for us to enjoy. You know, not to sound greedy and, 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 and selfish. And I would still like to get those things because I, I really enjoy reading those things, sharing those things, pouring over those things. Um, so I either make costumes or, or get inspiration or even just get more information. I love, I love the storytelling behind the stories, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, because we used to get those, um, you know, what, the J.W. Rinsler books, too, yep. which now, which I think he was doing one for Force Awakens, and they got shelved or something. But, like, that all is unfortunate that they're, like, again, they're just a little too tight-lipped on some of this stuff that um, I wish we got more of that.
0: Well, some of it might also be because we're still so close to it. True. They may not want to share all the, the behind-the-scenes details because <laughs> even even with the original trilogy, I mean, George was going through some really tough stuff. You know, both yeah. uh, both physically. I mean, he um, almost was hospitalized. You know, mm-hmm. the making one of the movies, he went through a divorce during this kind of stuff. Um, you know, move from from Los Angeles to to San Francisco and didn't bring all the members of the team. So these movies weren't made without drama. Um, So even, even those movies were, you know, had stuff. Um, But I think with, with the more recent ones, they may not want to tell those stories now because those people are a still around and they may even have, you know, contractual contractual agreements, not to.
1: That's true. That's true. So, do you think George Lucas's treatments, if if they had been done, do you think people would still have had an issue with the sequel trilogy? Oh, yeah. I, I know we don't know what it was about, but yeah, we can.
0: We, uh, <laughs> I don't even. I don't even have to know what they are to say yes. They there would be people who love them like us, and then there would be people like this is the worst thing ever. I mean, one of the saddest, saddest interviews that came if I read it or I heard it, where George himself was saying, you know, why am I doing this? Why am yeah. I making these things when people are just going to get mad at them? You know, and this is this is the maker, the, the, the creator, the guy who sat down and put these words on paper and then showed them to people like Ralph McCory and Colin Cantwell, who drew stuff and then gave it to Joe Johnson and, and Phil Tippett and Dennis Mirren. And they made stuff and they put all that energy in it only to have people literally and figuratively hate it mm-hmm. or go so far as to to say bad things about them as as makers or as people. So I can imagine him just saying, why why do I want to put myself through that grief? Please let me sell this company for $4 billion and be done with it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) No, yeah. I think it just shows if you just look at the prequel trilogy and the reaction to that, I think uh, there's a no-win situation for George there. Because right now people are like, well, I wish we could have seen his. And then people are like, it would have been better. And then I'm like, well, you don't know that. And you don't know what it would have been and then you, you may have hated it just the, just the same you know um yeah. sounds like he's you know some of the stuff sounds like it comes from the treatments like luke being in exile which i think that leaked that that was that and he was going to focus on kind of a younger kids i think younger than ray and stuff so well he was also
0: from what i remember hearing he was going to go deeper into the force going deeper yes. into this, yeah. the story of the midichlorians and how that worked and You know, like you said, look at the prequel, not everybody liked that they went so scientific and 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 and, and things like that with the the magic of the force or even look at how they treated the makers. You know, Ahmed Mm -hmm. Best is a a wonderful example of how mean and cruel certain people could be towards an actor who was before
1: Twitter too.
0: (laughs) before Twitter. I mean, this man was was so hurt and so distressed that he stood on a bridge and contemplated leaping like Mm -hmm. that's intense. And to know that, that this guy has, has since found enough love and support to come back to star Wars, to come back, to show up on the screen again and, and put himself out there to be once again, potentially ridiculed and mocked and, and and so on. Um,
1: Jake Lloyd. Uh, Hayden Christensen, I mean... Yeah, I mean, we, could we could run down the list.
0: I mean, even the more recent ones like Kelly, Kelly Marie Tran, Tran and, yeah. and John Boy. even even Daisy Ridley herself yep. you know, received awful things said about her. Mark Hamill got awful things said about him because he decided to portray the Luke that was on the
1: page. <laughs> to you when know. he did his job. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: so they got mad at him doing the job that was written for him.
1: Yeah, and then whenever he said anything nice about Ryan Johnson, they they always were upset about that too. That was the smoothest yeah. movie too, like on production. <laughs> was yeah, and,
0: and from what I've heard to so that idea of production, like the movie that we got for The Last Jedi is the movie Ryan wanted, and it's the movie that mm-hmm. Ryan pitched, and it's the movie that Kathleen Kennedy and the other the other makers chose to go with, and that's what we got. Yeah. And I will watch it, you know, time and time and time again. I absolutely love The Last Jedi.
1: Yep, I'm wearing my Last Jedi shirt right here.
0: Nice. <laughs> I am so glad that you you, uh, you you invited me on to the show. It's been an absolute yeah. treat.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for spending your Friday. Um, hopefully I didn't take up too much time for you. <laughs> used to
0: flying on the Falcon. Yeah.
1: Do you want to plug uh, plug your three shows again?
0: sure thing so we've got the forces behind star wars that is with anthony demetrius dexter steven and myself we have the inflatable falcon that's john and mike my friend mike on that show he also has his own show called the beskar bucket Um, and mike's daughter does the um, star wars geek girl with her friend zoe and then my solo show is called the Rambling Star Wars fan. And all of those shows can be found on most um Star Wars or not Star Wars, sorry, most podcasting kind of mm-hmm. places, whether it's Spotify or Apple. And then you can also find the forces behind Star Wars, The Inflatable Falcon, the the Rambling Star Wars on Facebook. So if you, you want to find me there and, and follow any of us, please, please, please do. And you're you're more than more than welcome to to listen, like, subscribe, all that. You know, fancy jazz that folks say about their their social <laughs> media.
1: Stuff. Yeah, well, there you go. I get. I just gave another five podcasts for people to listen to. Thank you, Ken. You're very welcome. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like when I have to do my plugs because I have too many uh, all these other shows that I do. Yeah, because
0: you were watch. saying you do you do a couple <laughs> other ones, right? You, how many sports ones do you do?
1: Well, yeah, I do. So, so okay, so. <laughs> So I have the Stateside Soccer Show, which is with my friend Logan, and we talk uh, Major League Soccer and uh, U.S. Men's National Team and stuff like that. Um, We're also currently on there. We have another podcast called uh, Believe Cast, where we're recapping Ted Lasso Season 3 right now. And we have uh, another show I do on there called The Closed Pyramid, where I talk about lower league soccer in America. So there's three just on that one show itself then i have a marvel podcast called to the infinity saga and beyond and then i have a dc podcast called elseworlds and this show the pod awakens oh and i have a disney podcast behind the dreams with my friend jack as well i was gonna say i'm surprised
0: you don't have a disney one
1: (laughs) yeah that one's on hiatus until jack uh he's younger than i he's graduating college this year so okay um he's got all these finals and stuff but uh, I so, hate it so, when
0: real world gets in the way of stuff like this.
1: I know. I'm like, hey, I all I do is do my job and then I do all these podcasts. So I, I have all this time in the world currently. But what I also do, um, we used to do a baseball podcast too, but now I do a vlog called the Baseball Bucket List where I'm trying to go to every baseball stadium and uh, stuff like that. So oh, that's, that's awesome. been quite an adventure. Last year I went to... The little league world series up in pennsylvania so that was a lot of fun uh seeing the kids play and you know they're not worried about making 300 million dollars or anything so, performance
0: enhancing drugs
1: yes yeah i hope not <laughs> really they're like 12 years old uh, but yeah Why so those are <laughs> 350 those are all of my podcasts that i do i think i don't i don't think i forgot any um But yeah, so I do all those plus this one. And if you want to follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's all at pod awakens. I was very lucky that this name was not taken on any of those platforms. And uh, part of the reason why we chose the name. But yes, uh, so thank you all for watching and listening. I am going to be doing a Mandalorian finale recap coming up here. And then I'm going to see if I can get some other guests like mike and maybe his daughter zoe can come on or something and talk about cosplaying you know because I, I saw that they're huge into that and it's a, a side of star wars and fandom that i haven't really ever entered so i think that would be a pretty interesting topic well
0: feel free to add me to the the invite list for that one because yeah. i have a, a custom mandalorian costume i'm oh, currently nice. working on a Dindajarin costume my wife is working on a Bo-Katan costume and I have a Tusken Raider and a, another post-imperial Mandalorian that are in the works. Wow. So, and a generic Jedi. And I just received my uh, director Krennic, um, uniform. So
1: that is all, where do you find some of the supplies and stuff? Do you just well, like Etsy, some of the stuff? Some, or? some is Etsy. Some is, is the silly
0: as it may sound straight off of, of Amazon. So for instance, um, these little things right here are just chalk holders
1: oh so you can put them in the thing so they work as cylinders. yeah the rank
0: bed yeah so there's 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 lots of different places and then some of it is you get materials and then make it yourself so my custom mandalorian is uh is my armor my chest armor my shoulder armor my knee armor is just um expanded pvc that's been heated and shaped oh wow so yeah, we could get yeah. really nerdy and geeky. I'm going to have to definitely
1: get all of you on to talk about this. And, Ken, you're welcome anytime to come oh. on and talk Star Wars.
0: Oh, thanks, Jordan. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Just be warned, as you can see from tonight. <laughs> yes. I can ramble and ramble and ramble about Star Wars. Uh,
1: yeah, so can I. So this is this was a good time. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> you're welcome, my friend.
1: I have spoken. Silver Anakin!